It is my desire that uh, we might all find the rich blessings we just just sang of. Um, it is it is true that um, God's love is a rich blessing for us, and um, we really. Sometimes we tend to um, be a little lackluster, um, but we really cannot comprehend what um, or I don't think that I do anyway, comprehend what life really would be like if if we didn't or the people we associate with really did not uh, comprehend um, God's love and and be blessed in that. So we have much to be thankful for. And I'm grateful for what has come forth so far this morning already, and it, it, it is always amazing to me to realize, you know, I, I know what I want to share this morning, and, you know, all morning there's things come up, uh, statements are made, and truths pointed out that that fit right into with what I have to say, and um, I just I just marvel at that because what I prepared is in no way a reflection of having studied the Sunday school lesson, um, and yet it it blends together. Um, so I've titled this as surrender. Um, there's there's more in it than just surrender, but uh, that is kind of that was kind of the the seed for it. So um, thinking of our life and and how we how we approach life, um, you know we like. Uh, we like order. Uh, we plan our days. We plan our work, and you know we have an order that we do things. We like that. Uh, we like to be organized. Some of us are better at that than others. Um, we plan schedules and um, And so forth, and and that is all good, and it's it's actually scriptural um, that we plan. Um, so, in in Luke fourteen, um, verses twenty eight to thirty three. 
is is a scripture that would support planning and organizing and so forth. Um, for which of you, intending to build a tower, seeth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an embassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So I'd like for you to hold on to that, that last statement. He that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Um, and I don't think that that for, forsaketh all that he hath. I don't think that means uh, to, to uh, sell all our possessions, not own any home or anything like that. But um, it, it needs to be secondary. Um, so we, we do all this planning and, and counting the costs and, and so forth. Um, and we have our goal. And, but it is, but more important than that is that we, that we submit our plans, that we commit those plans to God and, and then step back and let him work out those plans. Um, I would like to share um, a, a life experience um, that I think, well, it was eye-opening for me, and, and I think it's a good example of what I'm trying to say. Um, when, when the boys had their, their crash, um, while riding home from Arthur on their bikes. Now, that trip was planned. Um, they, they had it well organized. Um, they were riding single file, and they would, they had their, their, uh, their method of, of taking the lead, switching. They had that all figured out. It, it happened. It went smoothly. You know, all that, it was, it was running right on plan, okay? Um, but then at a precise moment, the, the plan was interrupted. The, the plans that were laid was interrupted. Um, They were all hit and thrown into the ditch, or I guess 
Leonard and Javen were thrown onto the hood of the car, but um, so so the plan that was laid was interrupted, but maybe not instantly, but with time, we were able to see that that interruption actually it it opened our view to a much greater and broader plan. By God's grace, we were able to accept that plan, surrender to it, and were blessed in all of that. And so, the 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 scripture of uh, he that. He that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Um, you know, the if we cannot, if we cannot uh, give up our own and embrace um, God's plan, His. that which he wants to work in our life if, if, if we can't give up our own and accept and embrace what God has for us we cannot be his disciple um, I'll read here a short article it's actually a devotional um, it is titled Surrender and, and this is this was a seed for the sermon. Um, and there's two thoughts here that that I kind of want to um, that I base my sermon on, but or built from this. <clears throat> Planning helps us to prepare for the unknown. It provides a sense of stability as we journey through life. It has been said. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. But sometimes we need to put our plans in perspective. How many things in our lives have turned out the way we planned? So that's the one thing I want to, to think of. What should that teach us? Our plans may fail, but that doesn't mean we're lost. Our plans may be fulfilled, but that doesn't mean we're found. We, found. we find ourselves not in the fulfillment of our plans, but in the fulfillment of the Lord's purpose. The most difficult part of planning is surrendering our plans to Him and His purpose. It is a good thing to plan, but when we bind ourselves to our plans, we run the risk of losing hope. When we get married to our plans, we set ourselves up for disappointment. But when we plan with open hands and pursue our plans with the freedom to fail, we embrace the Lord's purpose with joy, even if 
we're taking off the path we created for ourselves. To me, that is is profound, and it it helped me to see that, you know, I've been, I have, I don't know, for the, the most of my life, I would say, I married my plans and set up myself for disappointment. And those of you close to me know that, you know, I've, I've often faced disappointment and I, I haven't handled it well. And this helps me to realize that, you know, I was married to those plans and and wasn't open to just stepping back and letting the Lord have work his plan like I should have been. <clears throat> not that I did not desire that, but but still, you know, I I had my plan and I wanted to stick to it and uh, I did not embrace the Lord's purpose in that as I should have and and I regret that I'm I'm sorry for it um, because I know also from experience that the best place for us to be is in that surrender uh, even if our plans get changed so the question, how many things in our lives have turned out the way we planned? Um, if we think of that, we, we realize that God wants to have his way in our life. He wants to work his will in our life. And that is what our soul desires, uh, to let God have his way in our life. But our flesh, our carnal self, wants to have its own way. Um, and so there's there's conflict there um, but then we see the truth of God's will in his written word in, in the scriptures and um, so <clears throat> I have several scriptures here I'd like to uh, share that uh, to me seemed fitting um the first one in in uh, Proverbs 11 verse 5 the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way but the wicked shall fall by his own righteousness and so The way I understand this literally is that that um, the righteousness of of those who have been redeemed uh, shall direct our way. Um, but if if we think of that a little deeper, what is the righteousness of those who have been redeemed if it's not Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is our righteousness. So Jesus Christ uh, directs our way. 
um, you know, I'm I'm not trying to uh, diminish the need for for uh, making plans, having a goal. We need that. But we need to make that subject to God's will, allowing him to to possibly change that and and then embracing that change. <clears throat> the next one in Proverbs 16, um, verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So, um, Just, just another scripture telling us, showing us, teaching us, uh, providing that we can bring that into remembrance. Um, that it is, it is the Lord that directs our way, uh, as we love Him, submit to Him. Um, Isaiah forty-five. Verse 12 and 13. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and he shall let go my captives, not for a price nor reward saith the Lord of hosts. So, as we allow the Lord to direct our ways, um, he, he prospers us. Um, he uses us. Um, my, here it says, he shall build my city. My thought was, you know, the word we use more is, uh, is God's kingdom. Like, as, as we follow Christ and serve him, we build his kingdom. Here it says we build his city. I think it is fair for us to, to think of that verse in that way in our dispensation. Uh, Psalms 127.1, back up a little bit. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. So, that seems, it, it, it's just so clear that the, the Lord needs to be, if we truly love the Lord and and desire to serve him. Um, we need to allow him to be involved. Um, like it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We don't, you know, 
we don't uh, enjoy, appreciate, we, we try not to labor in vain. You know. For us, it's largely building cabinets. You know, We don't like to have to throw away a face frame or an entire cabinet because it was built incorrectly or whatever. You know, we, we don't we don't really appreciate when when we have to do that. Okay. In the same manner in our spiritual life, we, we don't want to to labor in vain, but if we just take our own way and don't don't embrace the, the influence of God in our lives, it is in vain. Um if we turn now to James 4, several verses here, 13 to 17. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Just verification that our planning needs to include the Lord's will. Okay, so as we accept that the Lord desires to have preeminence in our life and, and we embrace that and, and actually surrender our will to Him, our desires, um, we find ourselves not in the fulfillment of our plans, but in the fulfillment of the Lord's purpose. And I, I trust that um, that there is that that is the desire of all of us here, to be in the in the fulfillment of the Lord's purpose. Um, might uh, refer to this article again but uh, but when we plan with open hands and pursue our plans with the freedom to fail we can embrace the Lord's purpose with joy even if we're taken off the path we created for ourselves it's just a, a profound statement that that I want to embrace and, and think of more often uh, because I, I realize that I need that. Um, okay, so thinking of of the Lord's purpose, um, I again turn to to just different scriptures um, that speak of that and um, the first one in Psalms 57, verse 2, I will cry unto God most high, 
unto God that performeth all things for me. So, can we, can we uh, rest in that? Uh, be assured that, that uh, God performs all things for me. Um, and now that's not saying that uh, like we were taught in Sunday school that that some people think once they've been saved uh, you know they can just sit back and let the Lord do everything that's that's not what I'm trying to say here um, but as we as we go forth as we um, seek to fulfill our calling in life and and keep that in in subjection to what what God's purpose is for us uh, then he will he can perform um, the his plan in our life okay Psalms 1 38 verses 7 and 8 um, remember O Lord the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said raise it raise it even to the foundation thereof now this raise is R-A-S-E um, meaning to wipe it off so That's the wrong chapter. Sorry. That was 137. Psalm 138, verse 7 and 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine, thine own hands. How beautiful. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Meaning, me. I am the works of God's own hands. That, that could be taken... Uh, in more ways than just that, I suppose. Um, you know, the... Uh, all of creation, uh, God will not forsake, but uh, I take it more personally than that, I guess. Okay, so if we go to Acts... 26 verse 16 okay this is Paul after his uh, Damascus Road experience relating that experience to King Agrippa
Okay, let's, let's start in verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. This was spoken to Paul. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. So, <clears throat> I know we're not all called to the ministry, and, and that is fine. We can still learn from this, I believe. Um, we see that Paul had a plan. He was he was fervent in that plan, and he was he was on a mission, and he was determined to fulfill that mission. When all of a sudden, it changed. His eyes were opened. He saw a broader view. He saw God working. Um, and and what did God tell him? I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. And really, our calling is not that much different, whether we are called to preach the word or to labor behind the scenes. Uh, it, is, it is still, uh, we are God has a, appeared to us for his purpose um, that we serve him in the calling which he has for us. Um, the next verse I have is in Romans 9, 11. Um, this verse is the, the entire verse is a clause um, but we can again uh, glean truth from this um, verse 11 in Romans 9 for the children being not yet born neither having done any good or evil that the purpose of God according to the election might stand not of works but of him that calleth so the children here were uh, Jacob and Isaac um, before they were born um, I guess I'll need to start over and just read through this phrase at a time. For the children being not yet born, okay, before Jacob and Isaac were born, they had neither done good or evil, but so that the, the purpose of God, according to his choice, might stand. Not, not because of someone's works, but because of him that calleth, because of his his own purpose. So, um, uh, 
somehow I can't uh, I can't convey today um, the inspiration from my study but uh, just goes to show again that that God sees a God sees the the entire picture and is constantly working uh, for that broad view and and we just see such a small portion of that uh, yet God opens our eyes to to see that at times and and because that God sees the entire picture and we just see this little bitty scope we need to we need to surrender uh, to his working because we know that he's not working for the for the here and now but for eternity Um, <clears throat> I found in another devotional um, the the title of that or the yeah the title of the book the devotional is my utmost for his highest um, just just a few um, lines from there. Um, It, it spoke of affinity, and I had, I had to educate myself on what actually affinity means. Um, and there's a few definitions. Um, I have three here. Um, the first one is relationship by marriage. Uh, the Another one is uh, sympathy marked by community of interest or kinship. And, and the third one I have is an attraction to or liking for something. Okay, the, the line I took from, from the devotional says, Beware of letting natural affinities hinder your walk in love. And I think the last, um, the last definition fits that best. So if we, if we substitute the definition for the word affinities here, beware of letting uh, your natural attractions or liking for something hinder your walk in love. Okay, so it's not saying that that we don't have affection for things. It, it's not canceling that out, but it needs to be brought into subjection to God's will. Uh, then the other line that I, I really like um, that I took from the book was, the affinity of the saint is the Lord Jesus. And Here I think it's more comparing it to uh, the affinity of 
of marriage relationship. Okay, so the the affinity of a saint is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we as we find ourselves in that relationship, there's bound to be joy. Our desire to be fully in God's purpose uh, requires our affinity. Okay, there's, I found another article. This was by uh, a pastor from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Jonathan Parnell. Um, I won't read all of it, but um, it's speaking of providence. Um, providence is the sovereignty of God made palpable. Um, palpable being easily perceptible or noticeable. Okay, so the providence, providence is the sovereignty of God made noticeable, made something we can connect to, uh, experience. It's the outworking of his power and authority for his children in the things we schedule, the air we breathe, the moments we move. Providence is observed, experienced, tasted. We may even say it's the distinctively Christian term for reality. Since God is sovereign and this world is his, then every moment, in a sense, is a moment of providence. Wherever you find yourself right now has come by the process of events he ordained. Okay, can we can we accept that? Claim that? Embrace it? Wherever we find ourselves now has come by the process of events that God ordained. Every past moment of your life has led you has led to your now. The same will be true tonight and tomorrow and 10 years in the future. Our experience of providence is our experience of the present, which we know has been wondrously, wondrously woven together by God. And because God is behind it all, we, as those united to Christ by faith, are assured of this. God's providence neither gets it wrong nor lets us go, nor lets us go, ever. So, again, I, I just, it, it is very inspiring to me to, to think of that. God's providence never gets it wrong, and he never lets us go. Can we just, receive that and 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 desire to to fully follow him in a complete surrender to what he has for us um, now I have one more article this again is out of the um, that devotional my utmost for his highest and I think I'll just read the 
read this entire article. I'm almost out of time, but um, this reading this conveys the message better than I can uh, share it with you on my own. This is entitled, After Surrender, What? Surrender is not the surrender of external life, but of the will. When that is done, all is done. And some of these I, I kind of had to grapple with a little bit, but, but I think it is true. Surrender is not a surrender of the external life. You know, we can, we can perform, we can do, but we're not necessarily surrendered. The surrender that, that we want for the Lord is the surrender of our will. When that is done, when our will is surrendered, then all is done. There are very few crises in life. The greatest, the great crisis is a surrender of the will. God never crushes a man's will into surrender. He never beseeches him. He waits until the man yields up his will to him. Surrender for deliverance. Come unto me and I will give you rest. It is after we have begun to experience what salvation means that we surrender our will to Jesus for rest. Whatever is perplexing, heart or mind, is a call to the will. Whatever is perplexing to the heart or mind is a call to the will. Come unto me. It is a voluntary, voluntary coming. Surrender for devotion. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. The surrender here is of myself to Jesus. Myself with his rest at the heart of it. If you would be my disciple, give up your right to yourself, to me. Surrender your right to yourself, to Christ. Then the remainder of life is nothing but the manifestation of this surrender. That is a very profound statement for me. The remainder of the life is nothing but the manifestation of this surrender. When once the surrender has taken place, we never need suppose anything. We do not need to care what our circumstances are. Jesus is amply sufficient. Surrender for death. Um, and this is based on John 21, 18 and 19, uh, which is, Verily, verily, I say unto, unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, 
Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee where thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying what death he should, by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto them, Follow me. Now back to the article. Another shall gird thee. Just that statement. Have you learned what it means to be found bound for death? Takes my mind to Isaac being bound on the altar, uh, facing death. Have we learned what it means to be bound for death? Beware of a surrender which you make to God in an ecstasy. You are apt to take it back again. It is a question of being united with Jesus in his death until nothing ever appeals to you that did not appeal to him. So, our, our complete giving up, handing over of self in a surrender to, to Christ to the extent that that nothing appeals to us that did not appeal to him. Okay, after that surrender, then what? The whole of life after surrender is an aspiration for unbroken communion with God. If we can come to that point, our only desire is for an unbroken communion with God. <clears throat> so, um, just a an an overview of of uh, life. Then we plan, we press forward, we consider the costs. After that is laid, we, we commit that, put, put our will into subjection. We seek the Lord's purpose you know, in, in the midst of, of our goals. We, we seek to see the Lord's purpose in what we are doing. Um, and we surrender to our affinity, our marriage partner, so to speak, meaning Christ. We surrender to him. We rejoice and proceed with confidence in providence, uh, the, the provision that God has made for us. Then we, can, then we continue in an aspiration for unbroken communion with God. So that is all I have. Um, it speaks deeply to my heart, and, and I know and do desire uh, to, to grow in these things. Um, I am fully aware that, that I need to grow, and, uh, and more fully surrender myself to, to God in that. So, at this point, I uh, will open for testimony or...
sharing of thoughts that you might have.